episode 192, Five Secrets to Success in the Classroom. Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I think it's pretty cool. You just keep spending your free time investing in your own potential by listening to podcasts as a form of entertainment and professional development. And that is pretty elite. This podcast episode is especially for new teachers as we talk about five secrets to success in the classroom. Let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. Today's episode is sponsored by Always a Lessons newer teacher mentorship program for teachers in their first three years of teaching who want support, guidance, and encouragement to successfully reach their potential in half the time. Check out the show notes or shoot me an email at Gretchen at alwaysalesson.com for details to participate. Hey y'all, I cannot believe the summer season is wrapping up. Fall weather is nowhere in sight, but school's back in session for most of you. Another year, another amazing opportunity to make an impact. Before I get too deep into this episode sharing my secrets for success, I wanted to remind you of something really quick. We are nearing my 200th episode and I have some things in the works to celebrate, but I need your help. I'll be sure to leave all these details I'm about to tell you in the show notes in case you're working out or driving or just cannot commit them to memory right now. Option one, if you've enjoyed the podcast, leave me a quick audio comment telling me what your favorite thing about the Empowering Educators podcast is. Don't forget to say your name and where you're from. That way I can give you the proper shout out. You could use the app called Voxer. My handle is G Schultek. That's my maiden name. G-S-C-H-U-L-T-E-K. You can also use a voice recorder app on your phone and email it to me, Gretchen at alwayslesson.com. So option one was the audio clip. Option two, if you have a favorite Empowering Educators episode, email me the title of that one at Gretchen at alwayslesson.com to cast your vote. And then there's one more thing. I want to celebrate you as a listener. So as a way to say thank you for tuning in every week, I'm going to reward a handful of you with an Amazon gift card. All you got to do is leave a rating and review on iTunes, screenshot that, and email it to me, Gretchen at alwayslesson.com, and I will be picking a winner in September. So like I said earlier, I will leave all those details in the show notes. If you're on amazingness overload right now, just go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, and you'll find this episode. All those details are going to be there for you. All right, back to the episode. So I love to share with y'all my rationale for why certain topics speak to me and why I feel so compelled to then share them with you. And by now, y'all know I run a new teacher Facebook group. And when someone requests to be added to the group, I always ask what burning question that they have. And nine times out of 10, they're going to ask something related to lesson design, not just 
planning or behavior management. And then y'all also know that I run that mentor program for teachers in their first three years and the modules that I share and then the support I give them, I base all of that strategy off of those same questions that new teachers are asking. And I know anyone that's asking for help is really wanting a foolproof way to avoid common struggles. And I wish there was one, but there are so many factors that come into play in every scenario. It's just hard to say that this is the magic bullet that's going to change everything for you. But one thing I can say is that if you apply the five secrets I'm about to reveal to you, you will be well on your way to being successful. It takes commitment and perseverance. You can't implement these secrets one time on one day and expect results. But if you do it consistently with everything you've got, there's no way you cannot come out on top. Without further ado, my five secrets to being successful in the classroom. You know, I was about to title this episode something like five secrets for every new teacher to be successful, but the more I thought about it, these tips are going to help you now and in 30 years when you retire, but they are kind of foundational and that's why I decided to just continue this episode to focus on new teachers. Alrighty, let's just do the dang thing. Five secrets. These are five strategies you can implement before day one so that you're successful year after year. You're going to snag your veteran status in no time. So secret number one, relationships. And you've heard this a lot, I bet, and you might even be like, that's obvious, but I'm here to break the news to you. Just because in your head you understand something doesn't mean it translates to your actions in the classroom. Some of the best and brightest newer teachers start to sink because they get so caught up in the Pinterest-looking classrooms and the fun, sparkly activities that they miss the bigger picture. They're guiding little humans to their next destination, and it's our job to ensure that they're prepared and they gain all the skills necessary to pass on to the next level. But the only way to get there is through relationships. And I have taught in multiple schools and coached in a variety of settings. And the good, bad, and ugly of it all is that teachers who know their kids and kids who know their teachers do big things. It's simple, but it's also simply overlooked. So you might be like, okay, great. I get the idea, but what does that actually look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) This is where your personality comes in. Every kid has to be acknowledged every day as soon as they enter their classroom. It doesn't matter if you have a chant or a handshake or a simple nod with eye contact. Kids need to know you care, that they showed up, and that you are excited for what awaits them on their learning journey that day. And then as the day goes on, you need to continue to take the teacher hat off. If you're like I was, you might find it pretty hard because you're trying to establish credibility when you're just starting out and you want to keep control. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to give those things up in order to prioritize relationships. Don't equate being relaxed with building relationships. You need to be firm, but you can be human too. And you know, that means you smile, you share appropriate details about yourself and your life. You ask questions about your students as people. You eat lunch with them, play at recess with them. You laugh with them, all those things. And when students realize that they can relate to you, they start to open up. And when you continue to keep your word, show up for them every day and love on them with encouragement and support, they start to trust you. And once that trust is there, these kids will do anything that they can to not disappoint you. 
And since you're prioritizing relationships, you do everything you can to not disappoint them. You never give up. You try every idea and tactic to help them become successful. You invest in their personal lives by going to games and recitals and birthday parties and you add their names to word problems and you share inside jokes and stories and lessons just to help them make connections. And all of the things you can be genuine, trustworthy, and relatable. And so when I look from classroom to classroom and and try to put my finger on what is that X factor for why some kids do well and why some teachers are top notch. It is really because they have some secret teaching technique or like a brilliant mind. It's most often because they take the time to personalize the learning experience. And that means when you know your kids, you can make your lessons apply so specifically to where they are and who they are that they get immersed in whatever it is. And that is what makes great teachers great. They get past the barriers that kids put up and they use that as a way to convey expectations, encouragement, and content. It's a powerful tool that many teachers overlook because it does take time and there is a lot of stuff on teachers' plate, but just because it takes time doesn't mean it isn't important. So be careful not to forget this very important step or you'll never be able to implement the next four secrets. Speaking of, secret number two boundaries. So I alluded to this a minute or so ago, but you've got to provide boundaries with students. It might sound counterintuitive because in one breath I'm saying to be open and build relationships with students, and then I'm saying, but you can only let them go so far. I promise you, you can do both. It might take a little bit of finesse to figure out the perfect balance of inviting students into your space in a genuine, caring way, but also showing them the parameters of that relationship. Like, hey, we can laugh together, but we aren't going to laugh at each other. Or you have the freedom to read, research, work, collaborate anywhere in the classroom as long as you're on task and being responsible. You know, you're providing connection and belonging without giving them the permission to run amok in your classroom. And that's why it's so important that you figure out ahead of time what type of classroom you want to have. You have to envision it, script it, plan it. If you don't know what you want it to be like, how can you make it that way? And if you don't know exactly what you want, your kids will have no idea either. So getting clear on what you envision your space to look, feel, and sound like well before the first day is going to help you make it a reality. And boundaries are a way of letting kids know that you are willing to give them some rope, but they don't get to be in control of the lasso. Kids respect that. They might not outwardly thank you for setting boundaries, but it lets them know you love and care for them because you are making their learning space safe and their learning opportunities fair and fun. And so as you establish boundaries and are fair and consistent and putting them into place, students will again be drawn close to you. And now you're working in secret number one while you're also working on secret number two. Look at that. Hashtag time saver. (laughs) Students will always respect someone who expects a lot out of them, but never gives up in helping them reach that expectation. They are more than what many folks hold them accountable for and to until they met you. You will change their outlook on life. You will push them to new heights and you will give them healthy boundaries that allow them to stretch but never fall. Yes, I mean, they're kids. They're going to test you, but you see the end game and you play for the long run and they'll get on board, even the tough ones. 
So in essence, after relationships are established, that behavior management is in place. All that means is established boundaries and parameters. You've decided what and how you will tolerate students behaving in your class. You've taught them those expectations and you require them to adhere to them. Because after all, behavior is a huge part of learning. It's how students are participating and engaging in their learning experience. And that's what you are managing. That leads me to secret number three, structure. This is similar to boundaries, but it goes deeper, like a level two of boundaries. So providing structure means students not only know their boundaries, but they know how to behave within those boundaries. This isn't just behavior management. This is how you design your lessons. And when I say design, I mean the depth and thought that goes into a lesson plan. I don't mean a piece of paper where you write the topic you're teaching plus the page number for students to read out of a textbook and then another page number and some activity book. I mean, every step of the lesson is designed with a variety of characteristics in mind. What is the teacher saying? What is the teacher doing? What are the students saying? What are the students doing? What responses are you hoping students will be able to provide? And if they don't, how are you going to support them to get there? There's a variety of ways to convey the content. You know, what are you conveying? How are you conveying it? And so on. There are just so many levels involved in the I do, we do, you do format of a lesson plan that one lesson could be 10 pages in length, thinking through how you want kids to interact with one another and the content and what knowledge you want them to be able to acquire and so forth. You know, students cannot meet any of those expectations if you do not put a structure in place to get them there. You have to teach kids how to move around the classroom, how to interact with each other and the items within the classroom. You have to put a structure in place to help them learn, whether it's small group or whole group or peer teaching teams or having dictionary and calculator access or any other sort of accommodation. I mean, your head might be spinning right now thinking about this, but this secret, in my opinion, is the most important secret, even though it lands number three in the list, but it's because it relies on secret number one and secret number two before it can ever really be effective. You have to have relationships established. You have to have the boundaries set before you can even go here to structure. So when you are ready for structure, the best thing to do is start at the beginning of your day, write out all the components for each portion of your day. And that means you're walking through each subject from start to finish, thinking about what components make up that lesson. Maybe there's a starter activity and a discussion and a reading assignment and a peer collaborative portion, whatever. Once you've written out your day and every single component, you now can say, okay, I need to make sure each of these has structures that are gonna tell students what to do and how to do it. Now, I am going to caution you, though, you might be overwhelmed when you start to look at how long your day is if every action is accounted for. You cannot implement it all at once or it's going to flop. So pick your biggest lesson components and get that structure planned out and rolled out to students. And after a few days, you get the next biggest component going and add that to the mix and continue that way until your whole day is structured. And that means that you know what kids are doing at all times, or at least you have planned for something specific for them to do at every turn. There's no downtime. You know, even if an emergency arises, you've got that backup plan ready to go. The phone rings, a visitor comes, whatever. And in case you're wondering what I meant by biggest components, 
I'll share an example from my teaching. For me, guided reading was a huge push. So that was a part of my day. I needed nailed down second by second. So I started there. And then the next big portion of my day was math workshop. And I had to figure out what that could look like and put all the structure in place to make sure kids knew where they were going. They had the materials they needed. I knew what small group skill I was focusing on and so forth. So look at what are the biggest levers, what are the biggest bears in your day and start there as what you're going to structure out. Remember, I said this is the most important secret and that is why it's such a huge accomplishment. It takes a ton of forethought and even more energy to carry it out on a consistent basis. It's also the most rewarding secret because you're gonna watch your kiddos grow leaps and bounds from simply being intentional and accountable for every minute. And don't forget that it's not a new structure every single day. So once you get these things nailed down, you can use them every day for the rest of the year. So at first, it seems overwhelming and a lot. How am I going to remember? How are they going to remember? But you're going to use the same routines and procedures and structures. So it's just going to become a habit for everyone. And that provides kids a sense of safety in that routine. They know what's expected of them. They can be successful because they know what to do. They've had repetitive practice and they're getting great at it. So it's a win-win for everyone. Secret four, follow through. You owe it to your kids to not just tell them what to do or just show them how to do it, but to also hold them to it. And that trust and relationship cannot grow if you do not water it with follow through. So they need to know you're watching and noticing at all. You will praise and you will redirect. I mean, not just behavior. If kids aren't grasping at the lesson, you're following up with them to ensure they get the support and the clarity necessary. And the best way to show kids you care is to continue to show up for them. And that means you don't just tell them to jump, but you're right there beside them when they do it. And when they land on their feet or their face, you are there supporting them. Follow through is going to set you apart from other teachers. And this is why I say you'll get to veteran status in no time because this secret is rarely seen in classrooms. Things get busy and overwhelming and there's just not enough time to circle back around with kids to make sure that they know that we know they need XYZ or that they finally accomplished XYZ. I mean, regardless, we don't give up on kids. We push them hard and we help them get there. Follow through is one way we ensure it continues even when it's hard. It's hard for a kid to give up when you never leave their side. You're always pushing, always guiding, always providing clear directives on how to change direction ever so slightly. And then boom, they become successful. Follow through could look like leaving a sticky note in their computation notebook saying, I see you're really getting the hang of this new strategy. Your work product is clear and correct. Nice job working through it. Or maybe you do an impromptu writing conference one-on-one -on -one with a student as they're sharpening their pencil. Hey, I noticed you're jumping right to the action part of your story. Make sure you take the reader on a journey and establish the beginning so that the action has more of an impact. Go back and revise that beginning and then drop it on my desk at the end of the day. So in both scenarios, you're acknowledging a strength, but you're pushing for more growth. Nothing goes unnoticed, whether kids are doing well or struggling. You might even want to keep a little student roster with notes in it so you can track all these little things the students are working on that might not be part of your big picture focus. You follow through ensures long-term success that you continue to remind students of what they need to do so it becomes a habit and it's never forgotten. 
they are growing fast and you're taking the training wheels off, but still cheering them on as they practice on their own. Which means it's time for secret number five, celebration. And again, might sound obvious, just like when I told you, hey, build relationships. And you're like, yeah, 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 celebrate. Got it. Check. But do you really do this? Are you celebrating only the big things? Are you celebrating only what matters to you? You know, what about if a kid remembers his lunch without reminders? What about if a kid fluently reads a sentence for the first time? What if a kid solved a problem without needing previous supports? What if a kid interacted in a new situation with grace and dignity? I mean, the instances are endless. We can't just celebrate grades and test scores. We have to notice all the many milestones that develop these little people. Our students struggle with so many things. And because of our relationships, we know what those things are. And because of our boundaries, we're able to help them stay in their lane and reach their goals. And because of our structures in place, we're able to elevate them well beyond their potential. And because we follow through, we're able to ensure they're successful, not just in our class, but every class, because we helped build healthy habits. And because we celebrate, students know we love and care for them on a level they've never experienced experience before. And that is how you make a difference in a kid's life, not just helping them learn and move on to the next grade level, but the life skills you help them develop to make it to the point of celebration is what they won't forget. These five secrets are the most essential skills you can have as a teacher to ensure you've got a strong start to the school year, as well as have a strong conclusion for students at the end of the year. How you start and how you guide throughout the year will have a huge impact on how far kids get under your tutelage. So remember, when you get confused on what to focus on as a new teacher and you aren't sure where to even begin, think about these five things and get to work. Build relationships, provide healthy boundaries, put structures in place, follow through on a consistent basis, celebrate individual milestones. You're going to be an amazing teacher. You're already honing your craft right now while you listen to this podcast. You have clear direction on the five things you need to focus on right now to make the biggest impact possible. And you've been promoted to an elite educator because your desire to be your best every day for kids. I love you for that. Make this your best year yet. And one quick reminder, don't forget to participate in our 200th show by sharing an audio clip of what you love about the show or emailing me the specific episode that resonated with you the most. Plus, leave a review and email that screenshot to me to be entered into the Amazon gift card giveaway. All those details for how to participate are in the show notes. Head to alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, find this episode. And if you're lazy or tight on time, just email me, Gretchen at alwayslesson.com, and I'll help you out. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap on this week's podcast on the five secrets to success in the classroom. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.